Hey, welcome to the Vine Church Podcast. We know you're going to be blessed as you listen to this amazing word today. Sit back and enjoy. All right, good morning, everybody. My title this morning is Three Little Words Again. Your kingdom come. This is my part two. There may be more. Your kingdom come. And part two is called Extending the Kingdom. I brought a sign along with me this morning. It hangs upside my, above my front door, and I look at it occasionally. I have to admit, I go out, and it says, expect a miracle. And I don't know if you go out every day expecting a miracle, or, or even if you've come here expecting a miracle, or if you need a miracle, or if you think miracles even happen today at all. I have to confess, I sometimes, most times go out in the morning looking for my keys, checking my wallet, check my phone, my work phone, my home phone, and rush out, and I forget all about to look up and remind myself to expect a miracle. And this morning, I want to encourage us to expect a miracle. I, um, when I was about 18 years old, I started losing my sight, so I had to get closer to people to see them. I didn't know what was going on, but happily, I just went to an optician, and they said, you're getting short-sighted, son. And I spoke to my dad. He said, yeah, it happened to me at the same time, 18 years old, and I started to get more and more short-sighted. And I've got more and more short-sighted every single year since then, so I have to get really, really close before I can see too much. What have happened now, I turned 50, I couldn't even, not only could I not see very far, I couldn't see very close either. So I've now got contact lenses, glasses for seeing long distance, glasses for seeing short. I've got, even got glasses to wear with my contact lenses so I can read as well. I went to the optician this week and they said, we've got amazing new contact lenses for you to trial. They let you see far and they let you see near. You don't have to take them out, you can keep them in all the time. You don't have to take them out at night, you can see at night. You can trial them for a month. And I said, fantastic, let me have them. And the, the, apparently I could see 20-20, that she tested, 20-20 distance, 20-20 close up. I could see properly for the first time in 30 years. And it was amazing, it was a miracle. I can see. And this morning, when I'm talking about the kingdom of God, I'm going to challenge you, and I'm challenging myself, to see a little bit better. I think if we can see with a kingdom perspective, we're going to start to see things spiritually a little bit better. We're going to start to see what's going on ahead of us much, much better. We're going to start to look in front of us and see things a whole lot better. We're even going to look at the past and see things, if we look with kingdom specs on, if we understand the kingdom of God more, if we see what God is doing, we're going to understand what's happening in the world today. We're going to understand what's happening in your lives today. We're even going to understand what's happened in the past. We need to see better, folks. And the challenge is, these lenses are great, but they're, 
really uncomfy by the time I get to late at night and I have to take them out. I've been taking my lenses out for 30 years. I can't not do it. I just have to keep doing it because they get sore and they get itchy. And the worst thing is I'm going to have to pay three times as much for them by the end of the month. There's a cost to being able to see better. I'm still just not quite sure I'm up for yet. I'm going to go back and negotiate. Are you up for seeing better spiritually? Are you prepared to pay the price to see better? Are you prepared to change your thinking and your behaviors to see better, to see things clearly, to see the power of God come in your life, to see miracles in your life? Are you up for that? You need it. Do you want to see better? Let's see the kingdom. Let's see what it says about the kingdom and see if we can help our vision today. Extending the kingdom. Daniel had a vision. Daniel 7, 13, 14 says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heavens. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This is the kingdom of God that we're believing for and seeing for, that I talked about a few weeks ago, talking about the birth of the kingdom, that it's always been God's purposes for his kingdom to extend throughout the whole earth, throughout all creation. And Daniel saw a vision of it. That would be a kingdom above all kingdoms, a king above all kings. The coming one, and we found out last week that Jesus, of course, established and birthed the kingdom of God. When he came on earth, when he um, did what George beautifully read prophetically, those words about his coming, his death, and his resurrection, the kingdom of God was birthed on earth. And it broke through from eternity into the time that we live in today. From heaven to earth he came. And the kingdom of God is doing that. God is always about this. And we left it last time with the disciples just understanding, beginning to understand what the kingdom of God was all about, what Jesus was all about. Repent, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And some of us have even been baptized since then. And I believe that you're extending the kingdom and taking hold of the kingdom by advancing it earlier. So we're going to pick up the story with the Acts of the Apostles. And we're going to see what they did as they started to see the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom, the eternal kingdom, the kingdom of light, they started to describe it. They started to understand something completely new was happening. They started to see with different eyes. And they started to talk and explain it. And they started to see it and they started to feel it. The first thing that happened was that people, Peter said, repent for the forgiveness of your sins. And we understood, and they understood that Jesus died for our sins on the cross. And we're familiar with that. Most of us are familiar with that. That understanding of the good news of the kingdom of God, that your sins can be forgiven. We've seen that. We've had our glasses on for a while, and we've got that, haven't we? Most of us understand that. But that's not all the kingdom is about. That's the start of the kingdom. But the kingdom is extending. And what happened in Acts 3, just after Acts 2, Acts 3, people started to get healed. Peter saw 
the lame man and said, silver and gold have I none, but this I give you, stand up and walk. And he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up on his feet and began to walk. And he went down with him into the temple court, walking and jumping and praising God. And it's great that we can do that. And I love jumping and praising and worshiping this morning. Wasn't it just awesome worship this morning? Brilliant. Loved it, guys. So good. So powerful. So anointed. And it's that great privilege that we can do it. But we can see the physical manifestation of not being able to do that. But the spiritual one is even greater, isn't it? The, the doubt, the uh, understanding in our minds that do we really want to give God praise? We see the world doubting and understanding. We want to lift people up like Peter did, but we don't want to see them physically lifted up. We want to see them spiritually lifted up. Throughout Acts, we see the disciples talking about the kingdom of God more and more. But part of that, every, every uh, time they met, healing happened. People were healed to the extent that it says in Acts 5, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to the number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as they passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those who tormented by impure spirits, and all of them, all of them were healed. Physically, spiritually, physical healing, spiritual torment. This is the kingdom that we're talking about. We need to put new glasses on and see it's just not about getting right with God, not just about getting saved, not just about believing then for heaven to come and we're okay guys, we're saved, we'll get to heaven. It's here right now and it's powerful and it's life changing and it's transforming like Aaron was talking about. Um, it is something that needs to extend not just outwardly but inwardly. That the torment that many people are feeling internally, the challenges that people are facing from Gender identity that we talked about earlier this morning already. The, what happened on the encounter with, with some of the young guys yesterday, I'm sure, was dealing with just torment, anxiety, doubt, fears, insecurities. And the kingdom of God is all about responding to those needs and seeing them. God cares about those things. God knows about those, thing, those things. Just a shadow passed. Just a shadow just like Peter Pan, the shadow. How powerful is this kingdom? How awesome is the kingdom? Paul went even further. They just got his handkerchiefs and passed them around in aprons. If anybody wants healing, come and grab my tissue. <laughs> but that's what happened. That's, that's what happened. That's how anointed, how powerful this kingdom was. I need new glasses to even just imagine what that might have been like. But that was the experience that the disciples had and those around them. Amazing. The last two years of Paul's life, he had said he just talked and preached 
freely about the kingdom of God. Peter says, you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord. 1 Thessalonians 2 says, God calls you into his kingdom and his glory. He has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light, Colossians 1. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, the eternal kingdom. This is what the the church was beginning to understand was their role and mission. That it was beginning to extend from Jesus, the resurrected life, and coming to every single person who is believing in Jesus, rescued by Jesus, coming in. The kingdom of God is going deeper and deeper internally. The kingdom of God is really, really, really small. It deals with the most detailed aspects of your life. It shines a light into the dark places of our hearts. This was what Jesus brought in and and talked about and understood that even what you think about is so significant. Even what, what you say is so powerful. But the kingdom of God is also enormous. It's the whole of creation. It's going out that every single um, person starts to have an influence. We partner with God to see the influence of God in the countries that we live in, in the homes that we live in. And the kingdom of God is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger and stronger all the time. And that is what is happening in the world today. That is where the universe is going is to a completion in the kingdom of God. We'll talk about that more next time. But the kingdom of God is getting bigger. And we are part of it. We're called to be part of it. We're called to see the kingdom of God extend outwardly, but inwardly as well. That the more we receive the kingdom of God inside, the more we'll find it um, breaking out around us. And I believe that in this moment, in this time, in this church, we're beginning to get a fresh revelation of what it means to have the good news of the gospel. That it's not just about forgiveness of sins. We've never really thought that, but we've never really jumped off the cliff edge and to say, hang on, it's about healing as well. It's like about miracles as well. It's like about power as well. It's about people suffering torment, being rescued. And Paul got it. Paul got it. He explains... In Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Three things he describes it, righteousness, peace, and joy. We can sort of join some dots here. Righteousness is about the forgiveness of sin, but dealing with your spirit, getting your spirit right with God. We can understand, perhaps, that peace is about the promise that God brings us to deal with what's going on inside our hearts and minds every single day. Jesus said the crowds looked like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. And we're no different today. In fact, where maybe we saw the need for healing more in the days of the disciples of the early church, today we see it just the highest need in society is to deal with the torment that people are going through, the highest suicide rate in, in, in young men under 40, the highest killer, suicide. It's unbelievable the torment that people are facing, unbelievable. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. It is his promise of the kingdom. The peace of God is something that we want to just bring into every circumstance and every situation. The peace of God is so powerful, 
so deep. And it's completely transforming the world around us, and the world so needs it. Peter got it. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We're believing for healing in our bodies. We're believing for deliverance from the torment in our souls. Every single aspect of our being, God cares about and loves and is wanting to restore right here, right now. In the playground, in the classroom, in the workplace, in your homes, in your jobs, what you're facing in terms of torment is probably coming from within. But the kingdom of God wants to extend its reach into your spirit, into your soul, and into your body. And we're believing for that to happen. How are your glasses doing? Are you seeing? Are you believing? Three little words. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Jesus taught us how to pray. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And we know because Peter explains it one way, 3.9. God does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We want, God wants every single person to be saved. You can say it's his will that everybody is to be saved. He, doesn't, he has compassion on all people, all types, all races, all nations. But we know that's not true. God's will, you can suggest and argue, his, what he wants isn't done. Not all people are saved. And there's a little bit of discomfort that I want to bring you into that suggests the kingdom of God is where God's will is done, on earth as it is in heaven. That means on earth, God's will isn't entirely all the time being done right here, right now. Because we're in this age between the kingdom beginning with Jesus and being extended out until one day he returns. And in that age that we're in, the kingdom is growing and extending and getting deeper and getting powerful. But we're seeing situations and you're experiencing situations when God's will might not be getting done. Because the kingdom isn't quite fully there yet. And the kingdom of God is not entirely here yet. We are not living in heaven, if any of you had wondered about it. Many of us are living in hell right now. And it's our job as the church and the people of God to bring the kingdom of heaven in wherever we can, to see it grow and extend, to grow out, that the will of God be done in your life. So you can at least have this confidence. If you're seeing suffering, experience suffering, God does not want that for you. He does not like seeing his people suffering. He does not like seeing sickness, disease, and torment of any kind or any shape or any form. His will in heaven is that there are no tears, there is no death, there is no suffering. We will have eternal life. That is where we're going. That's what's happening. Um, but we can begin to experience some of it right now. So when you think, oh, this is maybe a test, this is, this is something I've got to get through, don't think for one minute it's because God doesn't love you. And God doesn't care for you. And God does not want that to change, to take that pain away from you. Because he died on the cross that you might be saved. 
your spirit would be made right, your body would be made right, and your soul would be made right. But we know, of course, we're in this battle, that we do decay, and we can't make sense of it. But the promise is that in all things, God works together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So we will not see complete healing until we reach the other side. But in the time, we can believe at least that God wants it. It's God's will that we're whole. God's will that we're healed. God's will that we're not in torment. That our minds are clear and set straight and right. And there's a huge battle. There's a kingdom battle going on. And you start to read the Bible, the kingdom perspective. You start to understand why he talks about principalities and powers are their enemy. I heard about the Coptic Christians in Egypt this week. Their church blown up a few weeks ago. It was on the news and the interview with the, a grandfather whose daughter was holding her little girl church, the terrorist came in, blew himself up. He ran, heard on the news that something was going on, got to the church, saw the trauma, went, couldn't find his kids, went to the hospital, found his daughter, shrapnel in her face, but alive, and the little girl taken to another hospital. Didn't make it. And in the interview, this guy says, I do not hate these people. I forgive them. I forgive them because that is the example I see. That is the faith I have. That is not the evil in them. It is the evil that is doing that that is behind it. And when you start to look at what's going on in the kingdoms and the nations, the evil behind it, the devil is the source of everything that comes to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. Not God. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Isn't that great? So if you're experiencing the works of the devil in your life through sickness and torment and other things, we can at least believe God has come to rescue us. And there's a battle going on for that to be fulfilled in my life. And one day it will be completely fulfilled. It may take eternity, but it might not. It could be right here, right now. And there's um, just a quick example to encourage you to believe. I want to use, before we're going to pray for people to receive some healing today for the kingdom of God to be extended in this place. There's a great example of um, the story of the uh, Israelites when they come out of Egypt. If you're familiar with the story, they were rescued by God through miracles, mighty miracles. The uh, prince of Egypt, um, the frogs and the uh, all sorts. What other miracles were there? I can't remember now. The, the, uh, give me some shout, somebody shout me out uh, one of the miracles that happened. Hail. What was that? Flies, boils, all sorts going on. Crazy, powerful stuff. God trying to get Pharaoh to listen and to hear so we can recognize that at some point God has used destruction and uh, sickness to get people's attention. And ultimately, he had to just rescue by power and deliverance the Israelites with blood. Terrible days. Black and white. But I believe God had compassion on the Egyptians. And there's a time that comes that we begin to a little bit of insight into this, what God was doing. And the Israelites were through the Red Sea, the Israeli army had been destroyed. 
they were beginning to wander towards the promised land, but they're getting thirsty. They're in the desert and they have no place to go. And when, you, when we read about this story, we understand that it's a prophetic illustration for every single believer's life, that we've been rescued from our sin. We've been promised a land of beauty and of heaven and of eternal life, but we're on a journey through challenge and just like the Israelites. And they came to a place, it says in Exodus 15, 22, that Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink of water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Have you ever been bitter? If you've been walking the Christian path for any length of time, you will know that challenges come pretty fast. And I'm sure every one of us have looked back and thought, well, just not sure about this. I did not think this was supposed to happen. I thought you were rescuing me, God. I thought you were saving me, God. I thought you were setting me free from difficulty. Now I'm thirsty. I'm going to die. I've met something bitter and I can't even drink. And they complained and grumbled. They're not alone. We've all done it. We've all been there to some extent or another. But Moses cried out to God. And the Lord showed them a place, a piece of wood. A piece of wood. And he threw it into the water. And the water became fit to drink. And the Lord issued a, a, a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to the commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring you any of the diseases I brought you on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Jehovah Rapha is the Hebrew name. Jehovah Jireh, some of us have heard about Jehovah Rapha. God is a God of healing. It is his purposes and his plan to bring healing. And we have heard it said that God shouts through pain. And I think that is true. But I believe God's heart is not for us to walk like the Egyptians. And the kingdom of God is the kingdom where the day of the Egyptian is gone because there was another piece of wood that was thrown into the mix, that was thrown into the water, that was thrown into history. It was the wood of the cross and the waters of life have been healed ever since for the kingdom of God has come and the kingdom of God stands on the cross and the wood and the healing and that is his plan and we see a part of it outworked through the Egyptians and the Israelites but there's just a, an illustration for us to understand that the spiritual life that God has promised us after the kingdom that he's coming is a kingdom of promise of healing because he took the pain he took our suffering he took our torment on the cross he's taken all the pain for us so that we can be saved and enter into the 
fullness of the kingdom of God. And it's the fullness of the kingdom of God. 20, 20 vision, 24-7. I can see perfectly with the kingdom of God in my life. Hallelujah. 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 I can understand and I can see and I can be helped. I can believe that God cares about my pain and my suffering and wants to bring healing. And we want to bring healing out for people. It's sometimes easier for others. We can believe that others want to be healed. And I can believe that others want to be healed a lot better. I believe that John wants to be, can be healed. I believe that Hugh can bring strength to his body. I believe that people in torment, struggle, blessing can be healed even today, even today. Even today, God can bring healing. And if we say that every week for the next 40 years as a church, I'm happy to do it until somebody gets healed. Are you with me there? Are you with me that we're just going to believe for God? We're just going to keep moving in it and we're going to just play a bit of that song, just begin to cue it up. Um, and, and I don't want to rush this. I said this morning that I'm on a cliff edge. We can't talk about this too much more. <laughs> We've got to go and do it. We've got to come and touch the wood. We've got to come and touch the cross of healing, of breakthrough, of freedom. Is there anybody out there that has any element of torment that they just need a little piece about? It honestly doesn't need to, in fact, the littler the better. If you've got a tiny piece of healing that you need, I'm really willing to pray for you. If, yeah, it's all right, it's not a big thing. You know, if there are others out there have that uh, are needing bigger miracles, uh, come forward too. But if you've got little miracles, that's, that's ideal. I'm, I, I'm, my faith level is small as a mustard seed. You know, Jesus said this kingdom is as small as a mustard seed. I, it starts to make sense for me now. I've got like a mustard seed of faith. But partly in the kingdom of God, it grows. And it grows. And it grows. And it grows. And it grows till there's a whole tree where people come and get healed and get shade. Hallelujah. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. Come on, let's, let, let's um, cue that song if you can.